Hi there, this is Terry, and welcome to another episode of the Animation Industry Podcast. This chat features the career journey of Matt Malaro, the creator of 12 Ounce Mouse, which has been described as an American surreal humor and psychological thriller animated TV series. 12 Ounce Mouse has become one of the classics from Adult Swim, and recently on July 20th, it premiered its third season, so you can go watch that now on Adult Swim. Matt himself has also become quite the staple at Adult Swim, contributing to more than a dozen shows, including Space Ghost, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and Perfect Hair Forever, some of which he is the co-creator of. And in this chat, he shares his best advice for pursuing the type of animation you love and making a career out of it. Also in this chat is Mary Spender, who voice acts for Aria, one of the characters from 12 Ounce Mouse. Mary is also a super talented singer, songwriter, and guitar teacher from the UK who got her start on YouTube, where she now has 350,000 subscribers and over 29 million views. In our chat, she shares how posting videos on YouTube every single week for four years led her to some amazing career opportunities, including meeting Matt and landing the role of Aria. So now without further ado, let's jump right right into the chat. Thank you so much for coming on the chat, Matt and Mary. How are you both doing? Doing good. good. How are you? Excellent. I'm, I'm excited to chat. First of all, congratulations on another season of uh, 12 Ounce Mouse. That's pretty exciting. Uh, for those who haven't seen or heard of the show or for people who have seen the old seasons, can you kind of just give what it is in a nutshell this upcoming season? Or I guess it's already airing right now. Yeah, we're halfway through the airs. Um, <clears throat> well, it's about a mouse who, in the beginning, it's about a mouse who kind of crash lands in this strange world and he's trying to figure out where he is and what he's, why he's there. And uh, no past recollection and things start coming back to his memory of, and in this season three, we follow his journey through a series of the same characters and some new characters. And we start to realize where he is, why he's in this, these strange environments and sort of who's the mastermind and who's controlling it on the outside. So it's about a mouse trapped in a box. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> well, I, I know, um, can, you, can you go into the style of the show a little bit? Because I think that's quite unique to um, what it's all about as well. The style meaning like the art style or yeah, the, the art style. Or which, yeah, well, you know, in the beginning, because it was sort of a hobby show, I drew everything and I can't draw anything. So I would draw stuff on the backs of those old scripts or receipts and we'd scan them in and, and then the editors would make them move. So what we did was, just like with Space Ghost, we took our limited animated budget and we just built a fun story around it to the point to where sometimes the animation wasn't perfect but that was part of the charm but then you're also engaged in the story so you didn't you know you got past the fact that it was a talking eyeball or a talking mouse and you were just kind of engaged in the story so i think the simplicity that's how i describe it just simple but with season three we upgraded our backgrounds because i wanted a new look and then i brought in a few new characters and instead of me drawing them i went to our real animation guy and we actually drew them like like real cartoon characters and gave them real animation and keyframes and all that kind of stuff and tweens. Uh, so it was a good mix at this point with season three of the old school with like the new stylized 2D stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it looked like your production value quadrupled. Um, who Who is the kind of target audience you're going for with this show? I'm going for the cool, smart people that want to be engaged in a serial and it, who, who like puzzles and like to figure stuff out. But I'm also going through the whole 
going for the whole adult swim audience because, you know, it came from Aqua Teen and Brack Show and all those other things. And, and uh, I think, I think a little bit of all those people watch it as well because it's animation, you know, it's just, you know, not a lot of people are doing sort of psychodrama animated pieces with moments of levity. And that's what we have here. So my preference would that everybody would watch it. And do, you if they don't, do you have hardcore fans that are like trying to figure out all the, all the like storylines and come up with conspiracy theories and stuff like that? Yeah, man. It's like, it's interesting to, to Google some of this stuff and people have these like long rambling theories of what's going on or what just happened. And it's really fun to, to watch them figure it out. And sometimes I learn from them. I go, Oh yeah, that would be cool if that happened. <laughs> and then I weave it in there some way. <laughs> oh, nice. So they have some influence on the show. I, I want to talk about kind of, you know, the, the story of the show and how it came to be in the first place. So can you take me back to the start and how did you come up with this idea and also find the confidence to pitch it to adult swim and, and know that you could sell it? Uh, well, well, I was actually working at Adult Swim. I was, you know, we're, it's a different setup over there. So we're employees, but we're also writer creators. And I was working on a show called Perfect Hair Forever with uh, Mike Lazo and, and another guy. And we were, we were stuck. Like, what, what is this guy going to do? He's in the woods looking for a hot dog that's going to lead him to the, his uncle grandfather to get perfect hair. So we were, of course, you know, it's so simple, obviously what you would do, right? But um, I said, what if, a, what if a plane crashes and a mouse jumps out and says, something you know nutty and we had laughed at that and i drew the character on the wall because our building was old and nobody cared about the paint job and uh that, and then i thought about it that night and the next day i came in and i thought man i can build a whole world around this mouse and have him crash land just imagine if you like just like in land of the lost you go over a waterfall and suddenly you're somewhere else yeah and so it's just like this revelation and i didn't really pitch it as much as i asked if i could do it and oh. they said yeah if you can do it and keep making all these other shows and it doesn't cost a lot of money than, than go. And so that's how it started. Oh, wow. So they were, they just kind of said yes right away and you went for it. That's amazing. Yeah. And back then, you know, we were still young adult swim and there wasn't like these massive shows with that were costing uh, you know more money. And, and so I was in house I mean, I was there before adult swim is adult swim. So, you know, I really knew these guys and they knew my work and they knew my, you know, I guess they trusted me and said, well, I know he knows how to make one. So let's see what happens. <laughs> so that's how it, kind of got rolling yeah so okay tell me about this new season so why did it come why is it making a comeback after all these years when you know there's 12 trillion ideas being pitched to adult swim every day every day <laughs> why well i mean why uh, 12 months mass again because it's it, it's a staple i mean it's one of the, the typical adult swim shows and yeah. my boss and my friend at the uh mike lazo ordered the special whether we did in 2018 half hour special and then he read that script and was like man this let's make another season of this it's it's in interesting i mean you know i would send scripts to development to get notes and i would never get notes but i would have mike would pull me in and we'd have 45 minute conversations about things that he loved about this that he loves in other shows and just it just and just the mystery of it and the involvement and he would guess at what was happening and what was not happening so I, get, I think it, I, I attribute it a lot to, to Mike because he really liked the show. Nice. So then, uh, Mary, where do, you, where do you come into play in, in this story of 12 Ounce Mouse? Mouse. So I play Aria, um, who, you know, I, I got the opportunity to do this kind of um, in, a, in a strange manner, which um, Matt will help me tell the story. But uh, I, I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm not actually a voice actor by trade. 
and uh, I make YouTube videos and have grown an audience there, but mainly about guitars and music and uh, interviewing other people and um, just sort of sharing thoughts on creativity. And then I flew to Norway to collaborate with someone who I really admire called Leo Maracchioli. And he makes these heavy metal cover versions of, of normal songs, you know? So um, I pitched to him, I was like, hey, let's do a, a weird version of Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits, because that song is legendary. And it ended up getting like 25 million hits. Um, and one of those hits was Matt. Oh, wow. And Matt sent me an email, uh, which I didn't quite believe, because I'd had a few like, my, my, my email's public, but I'd had a few sort of, just a lot of things going on and I just didn't really either see it or I just didn't believe it was definitely true. And he just sent me a reminder being like, hey, just following up on this opportunity, you know, cartoon, do you want to get involved? And I was like, is this real? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, yeah, I, I got talking to Matt and realized it, it very much was real um, and just said yes immediately. Like there was, no, there was no doubt that I wanted to be part of this, even though it was me learning a new skill set like voice acting. Um, and then just been with season three every step of the way and like had little emails from Matt sort of showing me my character and how it's evolved. And obviously Aria is a bit more, um, uh, she's much more animated than maybe some of the other characters. And yeah, kind of, I'm very much like a season three character uh, just in terms of my outfit. And, and then uh, some of my lines are just absolutely hilarious and, and, and it, it sort of all fits with me being English and uh, being quite polite um, other than when I need to get my own way. And then, you know, she's a bit of a badass and someone I kind of look up to when she's trying to take control of the situation and, and help everybody. But um, yeah, Matt, can you add anything to that mad story of ours? Oh, no. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, all of that's true. Uh, yeah, I did find Mary through YouTube and I wanted to you know, before I was even looking for people uh, in this, this whole season was going to be driven by a female. And then when I saw Mary, I'm like, you know, her serious side of music and then the crazy heavy metal stuff, she can pull this off. And, and, um, and she does, and she did, and hopefully she will again. Nice. I think, that, I think that's amazing. So you kind of just, Mary, you just put yourself out there and then, you know, some one of those viewers happened to be Matt and and things are coming together. I think that's quite incredible. Do you think you could manufacture this kind of connection or is it something that happens more randomly? Like Matt, how often do you reach out to uh, people that you just come across on the internet and like their stuff? When I guess, Mary, how often do you get people reaching out to you <laughs> like this? Um, well, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, if you're not putting yourself out there and showing the things that you love and no matter how dorky they are, um, you know, just sort of expressing yourself, then no one's going to know about you. Yeah. So if I hadn't spent those years uploading videos about like the nerdiest stuff in, in the guitar world, you know, and um, uh, I just, I love talking about it. And then, you know, meeting Matt, he loves talking about guitars and he's, he's a fantastic guitarist. Like he, he can shred far better than I can. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, there are a few things that are going on behind the scenes right now. Um, that if I hadn't been putting myself out there for what, four years, every week, a new video, uh, oh. they wouldn't come to fruition. And a, a lot of musicians, 
just sort of sit at home and expect a record label to come to them. But actually now with the internet, you just, and a camera and, you know, you can just do it on your phone. Um, you can reach people that you never even imagined. And like, I've, I've had interactions with artists I admire uh, of all walks of life, not just someone like Matt, who's obviously created this amazing world, but then other musicians, uh, podcasters, and they kind of like, they learn about you, other YouTubers too. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been doing it a while and I started from zero, just like everybody else, but yeah. just, it's just kind of mad. But then it's also, you have to say yes. You have to say yes to all these crazy opportunities just to see where they lead. Right, because I yeah. guess if you don't get the perfect opportunity, like that's never going to come, right? So, yeah, but yeah, you can't expect it to happen either. It's better for you just to be forging your own path and doing your thing, and then these things will just happen out of the blue. But it's sort of unattached to the the outcome of it all. Whereas, you know, some of my actor friends, they've never voice acted on a on an Adult Swim show, so it's just a, it's just all a bit mad. <laughs> if I'm if I'm truly honest. I, I really like what you said about kind of putting yourself out there and and like going at the grind for four years every week because uh, like a little bit about me, I have wanted to get into animation for many years, but I wasn't doing anything. I was kind of just waiting for someone to come to me and be like, Terry, I really like your work, but I wasn't even putting my work out there. So it's it's totally this mentality that you have to have of, you know, putting yourself out there and, and going at a grind somewhat. Matt, how exactly. sorry, you, you know what else? I, I want to add to that because I feel like Mary was putting herself out there in as Mary in her genuine way and her genuine passion for what she does and the way she does it. And she's not mm -hmm. trying to mimic other whatevers. Um, and that's how I make my shows too. I'm not trying to mimic this show or that show. I'm trying to make what I want to make. And I saw that Mary and I was like, that's, she's gonna uh this is gonna be perfect and, and it turned out to be great perfect and um you can't manufacture that kind of thing where you just don't look up a big hollywood star and say hey you want to be in my show because i don't really give a shit about that it's like i want i want people that i know can do it and that i i see when i saw mary i'm like she's that she's aria she's this girl in my show so i reached out to her and that's how it just just you know that's how it worked yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I actually wanted to ask you about that um, because your show kind of doesn't follow conventional storytelling or even animation. You know, you have so many studios trying to kind of keep up with the Disney look and the conventional like hero journey and, and the format and all that stuff. What is your whole take on kind of animation and storytelling from, you know, working on 12 Ounce Mouse and also working on a number of shows at Adult Swim and and kind of following that genuine thing that you said? Uh, you know, with, like with Mouse, I really like I really like following something that I don't quite know what's happening, but there's glues built into there. I like things that make you think um, when it comes to storytelling, and that's where I get to do what the, that kind of storytelling is with Mouse. You know, with like Aqua Teen and the other numerous shows that I've done, we're just having fun joking around and coming up with just outrageous things that make us laugh. And then luckily Aqua Teen made a lot of other people laugh too, and that was that was good for um, for a lot of reasons. Um, but I like unconventional storytelling. It's like, I, I'm a big fan of like schlocky movies and action movies and things that have turns and twists and horror movies. And, you know, when it comes to the big blockbuster, I just don't care. You can figure it out in like four minutes and yeah, it's a big blockbuster cause it has to be, but I just, they just, it bores me. You know, I like being to me, entertainment with, with stories is, what what could possibly happen next if you start out knowing what's going to happen then it's just you know just milk toast 
So what is, what is, I'm wondering what your advice is for somebody who wants to follow kind of that path instead of, you know, the, the blockbuster path, which a lot of people follow and I think is valid, but what about people where they're, they're trying to find their place in more unconventional storytelling and not really finding such a big audience or success? Well, there's gotta be ways to get it out there. Just like Mary was doing her thing with her thing. You know, it's like, <clears throat> I don't have all that stuff. I don't have a YouTube channel. I don't have, I, but I happen to be, you know, an old school member of adult swim. And I knew the people who would let me do stuff like that. So if yeah. what I would say is just, you know, if you're young and you have these crazy ideas, figure out a way to animate them and put your stories out on YouTube, do what Mary did, just start from nothing and, and build an audience and use social media to your advantage. And then maybe, uh, maybe that'll lead to something bigger and better and more interesting on the side while you still do what, what you're passionate about. But if you try to do what everybody else is doing, it's just going to be, you're going to be able, everybody's going to see right through it. And it's just going to, totally, yeah, it's yeah. not going to work for you. Mary, you got to be yourself. I can see that you're, you're doing that already, right? With this podcast and like Instagram and YouTube and, and stuff. So I guess just if, if you're also like asking about yourself, then just keep doing what you're doing because it looks great. Oh, thanks. That's the thing with me because I, I have a career in marketing and business and my whole career was focused around doing demographical research and figuring out what people want to see and then creating advertisements and kind of products and things to meet those needs. So what I'm doing with the podcast and my own art right now is just kind of going into myself and doing what I want to hear and what I want to do. So it's very interesting to, it almost feels going against the flow sometimes. Do you ever get criticism for, for following that path and, and not doing what people might want or expect? All the time, I do. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the nature of putting yourself out there. You're open to people criticizing what you're doing, but the, the way to do it is to be obsessed with it. So like if you're constantly thinking, what video will go viral because it will hit loads of people. That's exactly when you won't go viral. Right. So you have to just be like, okay, what you have to just enjoy the process, right? Like you yeah. can't, can't rely on anything else. Um, so if you're obsessed with it, then you just have to keep at it. And you know, other people, if they're wanting to, you know, excuse my language, but bitch and whine about what you're doing, then it's because they're not happy with themselves and they're probably just insecure about something. And right. they're, you do something with your career in in your way um but nowadays like i make videos about guitars as a musician and i make a living from it um not many people can say that that should have been a career like 10 years ago that wasn't a career five years ago that wasn't a career and now it is it's a it's a real job um so you can do anything because of the internet and social media like anything you're interested in you will find your people just uh keep doing what what you can to be able to work those 70 hour weeks on your own stuff you know it's just you have to be obsessed and you have to put in the work i like i like the word obsessed what do you think or what has been the hardest thing for you to pursue over this you know a career that didn't exist five years ago and now now it's a career for you um i guess you're always second guessing yourself and like whether or not you can whether you deserve it's like the imposter syndrome thing right but then i'm i've just turned 30 and been doing this so long now, i just i don't really care yeah. um and you know it's a it's a any creative has like a mental battle right like it's a very mentally challenging thing to do just to create something out of thin air um but you just have to you just have to 
I don't know, just do the work. It's really hard just to sit yourself down and just get on with it. And um, don't worry about all the other things because it's already difficult enough to get something finished and made and out there. So uh, don't, don't think too much about it. <laughs> don't think too much. I love it. No, that's good advice. Matt, I'm just wondering, can you share how you got into Adult Swim and decided to pursue kind of this career path in the first place and what what got you to pursue that when this is you know animation is not the easiest path to pursue <laughs> yeah <clears throat> well i mean I, I moved to atlanta in 88 and the first job i got was at turner broadcasting before it was a cable station it was a super station and uh the first person i met was mike lazo and we were in the programming office i was there answering viewer mail and he was more of a secretary to the head programmer and we kind of hit it off right away and had fun writing crazy things. And then when Cartoon Network started, he got over there and I ran off to California to work on movies. And he called when I came back and said, we're going to try to do this new show, this new talk show with a, with a superhero. And I got involved with that immediately. But honestly, I was never like a animation nut. Um, I didn't read comic books. I just always wanted to make horror movies live action horror movies with lots of blood. <laughs> and, uh, and when I got into starting Space Ghost, you know, I'd heard of them. I had to watch them all. And then I think, I think it was, it stemmed from Mike knowing that I had this weird sense of humor that he had as well and it would work. And so we started uh, messing around making Space Ghost shows and, and we didn't know what we were doing or how to do it, but we managed to pull it off. And, and then uh, just kind of, you know, just attach and I've known those guys forever um, and then when the belt swim started and you know, it was part of that. And then, you know, we had like five shows on the air and we acquired a lot of shows and then, and then it just kept doing tons of space ghosts. And then eventually aqua team got born out of space ghost and then just kind of rolled from there. Nice. Well, you've had quite the, the long career at adult swim. Can thinking back, what is, I guess the number one thing that kept propelling you to work on shows and, 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 um, tell your own stories and stuff and and as you're still doing well i just found it to be really fun you know i didn't ever think i could really do it but i was doing it was the weird part and then all of a sudden you hear the aqua team dvds like number two behind the star wars pre-release and you're like holy crap people are watching this thing and the ratings were through the roof and then it wasn't about the money because there isn't a lot of money on that side of it but it was just, it was just so much fun to do. It's, it's fun to think of something, write it down and then, and then make it come to life through animation. Nice. So maybe, maybe as we kind of wrap up our chat, I'm thinking with 12 ounce mount, mouse, I want to say 12 ounce mounts. I don't know. <laughs> coming, coming back on air. What is, what is success for you? Is it in the amount of people who watch it? Is it just getting to work and tell your own stories? Is it like, what is, what are you hoping success is for this, for this season? Well, I mean, there's a lot of versions of that, I think, but I mean, success would be that everybody really liked it and watched it and the ratings were good and we got to make another season. Um, also, success is that just that people do watch it and like to figure it out. And I like to read comments here and there about, oh, that this is happening because of that. And who's this guy? And I mean, to that, to me, that's success. And just like Mary, I get, I get people that say, this show is so dumb and why did they put this back on the air? But you get that no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah. So how do you deal with those so, comments? I don't deal with them. I just read them and move on. I'm like, well, you know, I, why I'm not going to deal with them. If they want to show me their show, I'll look at it. But, uh, <laughs> but they usually yeah. don't have one. Yeah. So. Right. 
but it's okay because everybody likes something different and mouse is definitely different, but it's different than aqua Teen. It's different than Rick and Morty. It's, I mean, they're all different. And, um, but I guess mouse is a little more different, but success to me is that we had a really fun, uh, third season and we got to work with some great people and got to uh, go to some fun places and just, we just had a good time and that's, it wasn't laborious. It wasn't hard. It was, uh, I thought it was always just, everybody was having fun and that's success to me. Yeah. I, th- I think that is because if it becomes a grind, then, you know, maybe it won't be what it's supposed to be. Uh, do you, yeah. do you have final, either you or Mary have final thoughts on as we wrap up this chat and things you want to share or people advice you want to give to people pursuing something like this or just on the season that's coming or it's airing right now in general? Yeah. Watch the show. Uh, <laughs> check it out. Um, it's, it's a fun journey. And, uh, if you want to make your own stuff, make it, put it out there. If you don't, somebody else is going to make it. So if the, every day I don't write a page of a script, somebody else is writing a page of a script. So just uh-huh. like Mary said, you just got to put your stuff out there and just do your own thing. Yeah. Amen. I, I really like how you, I've never really heard that said before. If you don't put it out there, somebody else will, but that that's very true. Yeah. It might not be the same thing, but at least they're doing it, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, Every day you don't work on something, somebody else is ahead of you working on something a little bit different and you just, just got to keep at it. Honestly, the, the whole idea thing, I do think, um, uh, oh my God, so many writers talk about this, but like Elizabeth Gilbert and then they're just like, an idea isn't something that you come up with. You're just kind of like, I mean, if we're going to get airy-fairy, it's something you're, it's, it's just a bit magical. It is a bit magical when you, figure something out and you hear it in, in your head and you're like, oh my God, I need to get this thing done. But if you don't act on it quickly, then someone else will either, you know, come up with a, the same version or like the, a similar thing. And I have it with YouTube video ideas all the time. Um, I'll think of something, move on to something else and lose interest in it or whatever. And I'll see that video up on one of my friends' channels like the next day. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> got it fine all right well and then it will go viral <laughs> <laughs> right. that's, um, that's the worst. So, yeah get writing get just act on your career and, and just do it yeah well i think that's i think that's some great advice to wrap up on so if that's it then uh thank you so much for coming on the chat matt and mary it's been a pleasure to chat about 12 ounce mouse how it came together and uh also your personal journeys into this all right well thank good you. luck Thank you. And if if you're listening and you want to check out the show, it's airing right now on Adult Swim. Make sure you leave a comment about your own conspiracy theory for Matt to read. And check out Mary Spender on her YouTube channel, which is just Mary Spender. And I'll include both those links in the description of the chat. Thanks so much for listening. And that's all for now. Okay, bye.